Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talkapella. I am Brian Alexander. Game of Thrones has gone off the rails. There, I said it, and I'm John Lampus. <laughs> no, I completely disagree with that statement. <laughs> you know what? I might be in the minority here, but no, I cannot agree with that statement. Today's episode is all about Game of Thrones. Nothing else, nothing acapella related in the least. Sorry, folks. Game <laughs> of Thrones podcast. The, we, I, I think we'll still keep the name Talkapella, though. It might not attract the widest Game of Thrones audience, but I think it'll work. <laughs> You know what? I'm sure we we still wouldn't lose a single listener, even though talk, we're talking about Game of Thrones for about an hour. You know, we have so much to catch up on. That's true. Uh, Brian, who's our guest today? Who are we talking to, man? So I'm excited for today's guest. Uh, we have none other than Tomas Padron joining us. Tomas is the music director of Leicester Trail, as well as a member of From the Roots vocal band. And I won't ruin all the details because I, I know he wants to talk to us about that. But Tomas, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm tired. It's been a long day. How are you feeling about Game of Thrones? Uh, you know, it happened. It's almost over. You can't argue that fact that it did happen. <laughs> it's it, probably it the best way happen. to sum it up. It, it yeah. happened. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Ripped. Tomas, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with acapella? Just give us a brief kind of history. Uh, yeah, well, I am a student at TCU uh, right now. I'm a junior going to my senior year, hopefully graduating in December. Um, got into acapella my freshman year, joined uh, License to Trill, the uh, mixed group here on campus. Uh, yeah, and then a year later, I was music director, um, took us to Sync Texas, to NAC, uh, you know, arranging for groups around Texas and then decided that I wanted something that was, you know, 100% mine. So, uh decided with Alex uh Alex Atkins, to have a kid. You guys oh. probably know. Nope. Yes, to nope. have a child. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a, I was like trying I was going to try and work Game of Thrones into it somehow and I just didn't do that part. So all of a sudden it was just this weird swerve. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, started started from the roots this past uh, July. We, I'm sure we'll talk more about FTR then, but that's me. Man, that's that's quite the progression, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always find it um, amazing when I hear people say, you know, I got into this kind of leadership role within a group, specifically the music director, you know, after a short time in the group. But was that, once you came, came into the group, was that one of your aspirations initially is to be like, hey, I think I can you know, possibly lead this group musically or kind of help improve certain things? Was that ever a thought that crossed your mind? I wouldn't say initially. I actually didn't want to join. I was pretty mm. pretty against the idea of being in an acapella group because what? my... Well, I know. Well, I, I coming into college, my idea of acapella was pretty much straight no chaser and like pentatonics, maybe. Okay. But like... Those are good like things, I, though. Why? Why didn't yeah, that sell yeah, you on no. it? Of course, it's good. It's good. It's good. But it was not. It was just not my jam at the time. I was like, I'm gonna be a choir teacher and do choir things, and that was sort of my aspiration. Um, and then my friend was like, I don't want to audition by myself, so you have to audition with me. And so I did. And then I had a first rehearsal, and I was like, This is absolutely everything I want to do forever. Yeah, and it just wasn't under like great leadership. The person who was running it, who was music director, was still like a, was a founder of the group, um, who started the group for like she wanted to be in an acapella group. She's always wanted to do acapella. TCU didn't have an acapella group, so she started one, and she, we 
love her. She's fantastic. Uh, but she didn't know a lot about music. And she was very forward with that. She goes, I'm not a musician. I just like to sing. Um, mm. And so coming in as a musician, mm-hmm. I saw an opportunity to do something more. And Alex was a big part of that. Alex Atkins, who's a producer with... Yeah, the he's company. been on the show before. Yes, he... Um, he sort of guided me and sort of introduced me to all that was acapella because he graduated and was an intern for TVC. Yeah, and so just decided to jump in and, and just do it. Even though <laughs> That's kind of cool that, uh, you know, people can have that clarity about themselves and just kind of realize, you know what, I want to be a part of something, but, you know, these aren't my strong suits. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what, I'm just going to kind of step aside when the right person comes along. So that's kind of cool that, you know, that was your journey. And um, I'm glad that you didn't join the dark side by not joining an acapella group. So <laughs> is that what uh, we're I'm calling sorry. non-acapella people now? The dark side. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't think of any other way to put it. It's like, like that amazing. episode of SpongeBob where they have all the villains and they're like, you need to come on over to the dark side. And then he just, it's clear like half the restaurant isn't lit up. So they just like come out from the shadows like, Oh, you know, we save money on utilities if we don't light up the whole restaurant. But, uh, I do think that is, a really interesting situation because I often feel like with acapella and especially when you're a founder of a group, you talking about this person who led the group but wasn't a musician, uh, I think it's really easy when you found a group, find, found, yes, found, when you found a group to obviously when you do that, you your kind of identity is very entwined in it. And sometimes it can be hard to be uh, as self-reflective as you need to be. I think when putting kind of the group ahead of your idea of what the group should be. So that's really cool that you found yourself in a situation where you weren't kind of fighting to prove your skills in a sense. You're like, no, I know this stuff and I'm not sure how it worked out with this person, but it sounds like it was a peaceful transition of the music directing power. Unless, unless you like threw off a cliff or something and I'm just talking out of my butt. (laughs) Well, as, as peaceful as it can be. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think she ended up, she got caught up in exams at the end of her senior year and was not at rehearsal for a solid two and a half weeks. And I sort of do it. Inserted myself. I said, Hey, I'll just, I can kind of play piano. Why don't I just run through parts really quick? I'll like just lead a sectional and like just sort of like inserted myself into this. That's, uh... a, that's totally a thing though. There's the yeah, phrase, yeah. <laughs> uh, a phrase I always come back to is, I think it was a quote on my, hi- I mean, it, it was a quote before this obviously, but it was a quote on my history teacher's wall. And it was like, the world is run by those who show up. And even though, you yeah. know, people have things come up, but even if you like, and obviously you're uh, clearly a solid music director judging by your groups, but even if someone like, is it just a decent music director? If they're there, like that puts them above someone who might be a better yeah, music director who's not there, who's not putting themselves out. And I think that's mm-hmm. really cool that you took advantage of that situation to said, hey, I have the skills and I'm here and I'm going to do what I need to do to sustain this group and keep this legacy going. Rob Dietz talks about that quite a bit. Um, he's an adamant person with his comparison to output versus quote unquote skill. Um, and I'm mm. trying to find the tweet that he Dietz I'm, tweets. Bookmarked, tweets. It's bookmarked somewhere in here. But wait, he, you can um, bookmark tweets? Oh yeah, it's oh, what have I been doing? I have. <laughs> Man, I, have um, <laughs> I have a, a tweet by him that's I don't know. I don't know where it is, but. It doesn't matter. But she basically says that it doesn't matter how like talented you are or skilled you are. If you do something a thousand times versus someone who does it once, like you're bound to like do just as well or better than them. Like output 
equals success. And so just like constantly, constantly doing is like how these people who are at the top of like the acapella world, that's how they got there. It like mm-hmm. skill obviously is a huge part of that and they're incredible musicians, but what separated them from everyone else is output is that they came home every single day and did acapella and worked a full-time job and still found time to do acapella and still found time to sort of build that skill, which is uh, not unique to acapella. I mean, Louis Armstrong was said to wake up every single day and play the trumpet for 12 and a half hours, go to bed, wake up, play the trumpet every day. Like that was, (laughs) that's how we got so good is you just output, 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 output. Yeah. Yeah, And and creating the circumstances where you can put in all that output. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more with that. I'm like, I, I think it's super important, especially in our art form, you know, when you see so many talented individuals, you know, at the front and at the helms, you're just like, oh, man, they're just so talented. But you lo- kind of almost lose track a little bit of, of all the connecting parts that really go mm-hmm. into making it what it really is. From the, the backing singers who put in all the work, from the, the time that the music directors put into teaching parts to you know, even, you know, the logistics of it all. I'm like, it's, it, it all just kind of gels together. And it's so important to wake up. And as you're saying, do, do, do every single day. So yeah. that that's really cool. And thanks for kind of giving us a little insight on that. Yeah. Um, so so one thing also that's really cool about you is you are a member of a really cool vocal band called From the Roots. And I kind of want to get into that a little bit. And from that, I, I just kind of want to say it's like we're seeing this kind of trend happen where we're seeing a lot more of these kind of semi-pro groups, um, these groups that kind of branch off where someone might be ah, in a collegiate branch, group. Roots, trees, but, sorry. Hey, uh, you like the connection? <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. I got it. I understood that reference. Uh, we, we see people kind of branch off while they're still doing these other groups to kind of form these unique art projects and these cool vocal groups such as From the Roots. And I just kind of you know, wanted to look at from the roots and, you know, kind of give us your, your take on the group, what it was it's about, kind of what was the inspiration, um, yeah. you know, how do you feel it kind of separates itself from other groups? I think when you do something every single day, um, it can become like monotonous and it can become like almost like a chore. And so with music, especially where it's so like emotionally involved, where you can't really, I mean, you could, but it's not going to be great. If you do music without passion then there's you're just not doing it right and so to constantly output 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 for stuff that you like don't feel really great about but you have to do anyway because it's a job you start to lose the sparkle um and me and alex were talking and for a while we've wanted to start something that was like completely us like i said that was just like from the start from the very beginning us and how it really started was me, Alex, and Jordan Kendrick, who's the beatboxer oh, okay. in mm-hmm. From the Roots and also uh, at for Green Tones. He, we like all auditioned for like June. We were all one of the mm-hmm. June finalists. And so we all went to Memphis. Yeah, went to Memphis and like met all these people and Lanique and Archie and all the people who are now nomadic um, who ended up moving on. And it was just like such a creatively, like, I don't know. It was, it was an awesome weekend that just like boosted our creativity and made us want to do something. Um, and we ended up not making the group and it didn't affect us as much as we thought it would. We thought it was sort of just like, you know, Oh, that sucks and move on. We were like, no, boom, that's fine. One gone. Let's do something on our own. Um, and so the, the three of us sort of decided to move on and 
find the people that fit our sound and fit what we enjoy. And that sort of, well, we didn't really label it at the beginning, but it seemed to be leaning towards indie and sort of folk music mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. like Americana and sort of that whole vibe, very like earthy and warm. And then when we finally met with our for our week together, we got everyone in Fort Worth and they all crammed into my apartment and we... <laughs> like made music for a week together. And it was like one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever gotten to be a part of. People who are all together making music that we all want to make that all fits our sound. Um, Cause you don't get that a lot, like especially in college groups where you have to sort of play to competition or there's 16 people and there's no way all 16 people have the same sense of like the same music taste. And so to have like seven people who are just all on the same page all the time with everything that we want to do is 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 pretty awesome but yeah the whole thing that separates us from a lot of groups is we don't really play towards pop music um and that's not easy it's really not easy because the vast 99 percent of acapella groups are pop and jazz influenced they like to say jazz because they add nines but like you <laughs> that's true yeah but you, you have this pop influence and it's easy to listen to and it's just easily digestible music that's almost, I don't know, moving on from that. We <laughs> like to do something that is, um, you know, a little more emotionally provoking um, and stuff like that. And so when we were meeting and we weren't really worried about audience feedback or, or if people were going to dig our sound or anything like that, or like, what does the audience want to hear? That really wasn't any part of our conversation. We chose all our songs and now writing original music. Yeah, just like, it, it's it's all us. Like it's us from start to finish, which is really awesome. It's very cool. Yeah, and and I hopefully I, I don't come off the, the way I say this, but I'm like, I've seen most of you guys' videos and I probably only recognize like one of the songs, which yeah. is, you know, something that I've, I've grown accustomed to in acapella because I'm always watching groups so they can introduce me to new music. So that's really mm -hmm. cool. And and from that, I'm just like, how do you find like seven people to mm -hmm. kind of have those similar tastes? Because one of the things you mentioned was, you, which is super important, is that, you know, you, you go to a, a college group who might have 12 to 16 members and, you know, you're pulling mainly from pop charts, you're you're pulling what's trendy at the time but now you guys can you know you you have the reins over it all so what was it that all of you all had the same kind of taste or just like okay these people think on the same artistic space as i'm used used to enjoying or you know how did how did that happen i think it's a combination of both i think we were incredibly lucky to chose to choose the people that we did but yeah we we all are very into indie music um, that's like a start, like a basis level, like artists that we've covered, like um, Third Story and Bonnie Vare and like Bird Talker and all these people, like they're all sort of artists that we love, that we like enjoy their art that they're making. And it's not just like music that we enjoy, but we actually enjoy like the message they're sending and the like feeling that you get when you listen to it is something that we talk about a lot. Like how do we want the audience to feel during it rather than like what do we what do they want to hear it's more like we want them to feel longing or we want them to feel like 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 immersed in like this one emotion that is at the core of all of us in the group 
that we all have the same sort of like they're all really good. They're all really good singers. I think that's <laughs> let's just let's just put it there. Yeah, like, that's pretty evident. Working yeah. with, <laughs> working working with people like that is amazing. And it's it's so wild when you can come together the morning of the show, which is for Knack, that's what we did. We didn't get all together. Our performance was at ten AM. Yeah, so when we started when we all to got got together at Knack, we didn't meet until 12:30 in the morning was Ooh. when we when we first got together and sang through our songs and we practiced for 45 minutes an hour went to bed woke up and put on a show typical and it musician was like, schedule <laughs> yeah but it was like it was so amazing i'd never experienced that like all these people who are just like so incredibly gifted like working with me which is so exciting like it's such a great it's such a great feeling to like be a part of that um totally yeah that was kind of a tangent but they we we all at our core love indie music and love um, sending a message that's emotional and that's not like pop and it's and that was there. And then you just add on the fact that they're all wonderful musicians who write. Most of us write original music and it's it's great. It's a, a recipe for some serious art making. Totally. And one of the words you used, I'd, I'd love you to expand on it. You mentioned like an earthy sound. And then looking at mm-hmm. the, from the root site, uh, you also, what's written on here is like intimate, cozy and vulnerable yeah. sound. And you've kind of touched on it in regards to how you use indie music and you all have similar sensibilities, but can you describe that even just a little bit more in like, what does an earthy sound mean? How does it inform the group's character and how you perform? Yeah. So, oh, that's, that's a big question, but it, it's something that we focus on. So there are a couple ways that it affects it. So arrangement wise, I think we sort of stick to a lot of simplistic ideas and that can be easily misconstrued as our arrangements are easy, which I wouldn't say they are. The range that we're singing in and the jumps and the intervals and stuff like that is not easy stuff. But when you listen to it from an outside perspective, it's not like the listener is going to say, oh, like that sounds hard. Like that's Mm -hmm. not something that the listener is getting out of it because that's not what we want them to hear. We don't want them to hear like make it feel, yeah, make it feel like, oh, like they obviously had to practice this a lot. They like, this is obviously something that is like technically difficult. And while it, while it might be, and while like there are years of, of training that go behind like tuning and, and all that jazz that goes into sounding good on the foundation level, one of that, like how you get like that earthy sound is the audience never feels like challenged when they're Mm. hearing you sing. Um, And it doesn't mean you can't make big moments like in our song fly, which is on YouTube, which is Hannah, Hannah Lewis in our group. She wrote that it's an original of hers. The end, it, it, it's pretty big. Like there's a, a big moment and, some of the parts are are like really difficult to sing because um, she does not write easy stuff. But it like from an outside perspective, all you feel is like grounded. You're like, oh, I feel like like hearty, like like I'm eating like a like a thick stew or something. Like this is gonna make me strong. It's like I feel it in my bones. Like that is that is is something that you can receive without from an audience perspective having this like superiority over them. Mm-hmm. And so that moves into um, our sort of staging and the way that we perform on stage together is no choreography, none ever. It will never be part of our brand, will never be part of our group. If you want to come to a show and see people dance, we're not for you. <laughs> and and the reason for that is, and we've gotten this comment back, which is which is so wonderful to hear 
a purposeful thing that you do returned back in a compliment that was unwarranted. And people come up and say, I just like feel like I could sit on stage with you guys. Like, I feel mm. like I know your songs. And even though I've never heard them before, like we're singing original music. So people haven't heard this and they still feel like they can just like sit on stage with us and like vibe and like just be. And that is something that like that, like we have spent a lot of time, like crafting our sound around something that is just like comfortable, that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, oh, they're singing at me and I am at a performance like, oh, no, I'm at like I'm in a kitchen, like at a jam session, just like chilling with my friends singing like that is like something that like that like we stress quite a bit and it's nice to know that it's making its way through <laughs> totally yeah, you guys are literally the jason Mraz of the acapella world is what i'm picking up on <laughs> oh oh please please no <laughs> uh we do have to take a short break here and let's listen to this tune fly from tomas padron's group from the roots and we're gonna be right back here and take a listen I got a good mind, I got a quick tongue I'm of a rough kind, baby, it's where I come from I'll give you inches if you give me mine I'm not the type to put my heart on trial I do what I do, there ain't no time to slow down So if you're looking for some confidence, I can help you I got an agenda Ain't got no money but I got my love to lend 
And welcome back to Tacapella. Hello, Acaville community. Thanks for joining us on the episode. Uh, we've been talking with Tomas Padron uh, from the roots and a license to trill. Um, oh, been- wait, but it's from from the roots. That's right. Oh, you can't say he's not from the he's not from the was it the, the Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon band? band? <laughs> yeah, he's not from them. He's from from the roots. Yeah. Mentally, I put commas in there, but apparently, it didn't verbalize correctly. <laughs> No, but you only said, but you only okay, said from tra- the roots once. You, know, you only said from myself, once. John, but you know, so you're lying. Have- We've caught you on air you know lying what? to I the public. You know, you know, I messed up. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why your opinion on Game of Thrones is wrong. Wow, now. I'm not even going to touch <laughs> that one. I'm just bitter because I had to go on Twitter before I saw the Game of Thrones episode, and I knew I was going to steal it. I had to post a thing for my other podcast, and I was like, I'm going to be spoiled, and the first thing I see, Brian Alexander's just, I can't hey, believe this episode did hey, this, 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 and I was like... It is common knowledge. You do not go on social No, it is my fault. It's, it's totally my fault. Yeah, that is the same never, thing that happened with Like, there is no... You did nothing wrong. I'm just, I'm just an immature. Hey, I paid the price <laughs> with Walking crapper. Dead when I found out Beth died. So it was, you know, you only have yourself to blame. That's, that's <laughs> anyway, fair. Terrible yeah. death, by the way. But back to the acapella <laughs> Anyway, stuff. we have been talking with Tomas Padron from, from The Roots. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> and uh, it's been a really cool conversation, man. He's been giving us some insight into this really indie, earthy sound that From The Roots has been able to establish. And you know, the creative process behind it and why it's really different from anything that's really on the scene now. So one of the things I really want to touch on, though, is from the roots, it does a lot socially in regards to social media. They do Patreon. And that's been something that's been a growing area of musicians uh, today. And I kind of want to get your take on how has it been? uh, How's the process worked out for you all in regards to establishing a Patreon identity as well as a social identity? What's that been like? Um, I think one of the greatest assets that we have as a band is Alex Atkins, who has the branding knowledge of like, just like, it's incredible, like how he understands a brand and how he translate that's that brand into a like a physical brand which is which is always really difficult like how do you choose a font that represents Mm -hmm. your sound and like straying away from Mm. the typical ones that everyone uses which are he's never he's he never let you guys use comic sans right definitely definitely not (laughs) definitely not he's like you know you know what this sound says to me (laughs) comic sans (laughs) that would be the Oof, that's very that's a terrible comment vibe. yeah um but yeah i think i think he's been a really really a huge part of that um and so when we were building our social media presence um and doing like photos and all this sort of stuff um we really spent a lot of time sort of before even like launching a lot of time just talking about like what colors are we like what font are we like what do we wear like how do you portray Mm -hmm. a certain thing um with seven people you know sort of sort of existing together in one picture um how do you keep that together like how do you keep that brand present um and one of the biggest things that we stressed is that from the moment that you look at something that is ours you should know who we are like know mm-hmm. what we're about. You don't have to search through the website or even don't have really to do a lot read of digging. our 
Yeah, you don't even have to really read our about me. Like it that that helps a lot, but like going to our website, the first thing you see is just like calm. It's just like, oh, it's uh, just yeah. nicely laid out. I'm on the website and- now just to try and I was like, yeah, let me see what they're doing. And it's all of you sitting in like um, yeah. you know, in autumnal i think that's the word but it's you know the 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 word i get from it is autumn there's leaves everywhere there's lots of leaves you're all sitting on leaves there's trees lots of warm relaxing colors i feel more relaxed looking at it and and just kind of and it that's through all of the all of the site and all of the and all the images you choose to kind of use as your branding that that makes a lot of sense and it's effective yeah yeah side story about that photo shoot it was like 35 degrees outside um and we were frozen like every time we weren't taking a picture we would all like huddle up together like penguins you think they're warm colors but we actually (laughs) just have hypothermia it is actually incredibly freezing um but yeah so that that's something that we really stress quite a bit (laughs) is um is that first image that you get when you look at our website um and a lot of thought went into that um, but yeah, so sort of transferring over to Patreon, um, we spent a lot of time debating whether we should do one or not. Um, it's, it's really, it's really difficult to like maintain constant mm-hmm. output. Um, especially when the like majority of our group, well, I, everyone in our group is either a student or a full-time teacher. Um, and so it's like we don't have any time for anything ever and like a lot of people do in the music world because we overwork ourselves what um but yeah and so we like doing patreon sort of anchored us down to we need to do this every single month we need to do this for these people who are paying us money to like pursue our art and to Mm -hmm. to do x y and z um, and so that was making that decision was really difficult in the first place was, is this really the route we want to take? And once we do it, like you got to take it and run. There's no, it incentivizes back. a routine. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. It does. Um, and it has been really interesting. Um, yeah. Marketing a Patreon is not very easy. Uh, people, people are accustomed now to, um, things like GoFundMe and Kickstarter, where it's sort of a one-time, you know, sure, I'll give them $20, and that's fine, and then I never have to think about it again. Um, But to ask someone, hey, every time we release something, give us two bucks. Like, like that Mm -hmm. is, like, in exchange for this video, and in exchange for, I mean, there's a lot of other things that happen on our Mm -hmm. Patreon. Um, We, uh, ironically, we do a podcast also that is in the works, um, but I think that there is like an opportunity for direct like contact between the artist and the listener. Um, and that is one of, one of the greatest mm-hmm. things about Patreon and why it sort of fit into our brand that we realized like, yeah, this is, this is pretty much us. This is as close as we're going to get to, um, like a, like a home show, you know, like, Hey, we're doing a big concert this day. Uh, two weeks before here's like an exclusive video of like what we're going to do. Um, and it's a very like like grassroots campaign kind of thing. It, it is, it is. And that it just sort of fits, fits our vibe. Um, and yeah, I'm excited because there's a lot of, lot of fun things that are in the works with that. Um, because it's like a whole new adventure. We've gotten 
music. We started singing, and we did covers, and then we say we should headline some festivals. So we headlined some festivals, and like we should write original music. And so we started writing writing original music, and now we're like we need a like steady stream of income and like a core group of of um, of patrons, and that was sort of our way of doing that. And so that has opened up a just like rabbit hole of, of ideas and, and possibilities and stuff, Mm -hmm. which is very, a very cool opportunity. Totally. So, so I'm curious. So outside of uh, the videos that you, you know, the full length videos, what other items and what kind of content are you all providing to people who subscribe or follow you guys regularly you know where it's Mm -hmm. not something you're having to feel like you know we have to push out you know this really heavily produced thing what what kind of things are you guys offering yeah so right now um we're still it's still in uh the very very like early um sort of version of it um, but some of the things that we are uh, discussing as because right now it's it's video, it's audio, it's some um, early releases for our studio tracks that are coming out um, for our album that will hopefully be done soon. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're really focusing on audio and video right now. Um, but some of the things okay. that are in the works, Mm. Um, our podcasts with um, each of the members sort of going through their role in the group. Um, and so mine would be on the arranging side and um, Alex would talk about branding. Um, Al and Hannah uh, would talk about, cause they write a lot of original music for us. Um, and so their mm-hmm. sort of thought process through our original music writing and stuff like that. Um, Say it into a microphone, do it. In the do process it. of, this is probably top secret, but um who cares? Um, we're in, uh, <laughs> we're well. We're <laughs> you. one of the things that we're like as we travel together. Um, we're we're taking certain photos that mm. will um, sort of be like a timeline of of like our trips together um, and stuff like that. And so, um, offering those as like just mm. more incentives for like following us and for. Um, being patrons of our art and stuff like that. Um, it's the little things that sort of count. Like it's like, yes, it's just, it's just a photo or it's just a, um, you know, some of the other things we have working that I really can't say. Um, but they, they, it's just the small things that I think, um, know that like, yes, here's a video. Here is something that is, that is produced and that we put a lot of time into. Um, but also here's Mm -hmm. something personal. Here's a, note with the lyrics of our song written um and signed by the whole band and just stuff like that that like we're not famous and it may not have like monetary value um but sort of those like emotional and like for our close-knit group like totally you are here for us um and so here is us you know and it's really unique you know all the things i'm hearing and what jumps out of to me initially as you all uh, in regards to from the roots put as much emphasis on you mm-hmm. know making sure the audience hears you as much as you know, put an emphasis on making sure they feel you in regards to staying connected and i think that's super vital and super important because i think that's what a lot of you know the the smaller groups collegiate groups you know they don't have whether it's uh, a matter of means and they have the bandwidth to actually do these kind of things or just not thinking about these things. I think we're really hearing 
about you know the transition from you know being totally what some people like to say are cover bands to you know establishing a set identity for a group for a real musical act and you guys are really laying the you know the uh, the formula for it at the end of the day and especially i loved how you guys said going into it was hey we're not we're going to think about who we are as a group what we want to convey what's the imagery behind it and then you know make that a part of the music as well instead of let's create all this music and then let's worry about the other minor details yeah how does it how does how does it work after the fact <laughs> yeah it feels so yeah it just feels all so organically linked and clearly like you said alex is really even just in my brief conversations with him in the episode he was on uh clearly understands branding clearly understands identity and by making sure that permeates all of the content you're making and the extra content that you're making through the patreon like i think that's sony like the handwritten lyrics or something that you can just get like it's almost like it's like group swag but like on a much like kind of more personal level and it's so neat that you are making that a regular part of your group culture and i think also brian the point you make up about how group identities are formed i think is totally legit because especially with scholastic groups like uh, with Mountain Horns, which is the group I started at CSU, like we are Colorado State's Mountain Horns. We're the mountain. We are the Mountain Horns, the tenor-based group at Colorado State University. And so often, and, and I think that's great, and that's totally what that group needed, and they still need, and I think it works really well. But when you aren't tied to an organization, I feel it's much more important to establish your yeah. identity and you have to do more work to do that right because that because with mountain horns we just say we're the guys group we're the tenor bass group at csu people understand that whereas if someone's just like yeah i have an acapella group in portland well that doesn't immediately sell anyone and it doesn't say that much but with from the roots and making sure that everything is so clearly defined through the branding through the colors and just the aesthetic that makes it so much easier for people to understand what it is immediately and then for people to become you know committed guests and because they understand you so well then they're maybe they will give you two bucks every time you have a new album come out or something like that because you are showing them so much of yourself and that's i think what is required for non-scholastic groups that i hope more groups like take your lead yeah, and start I mean, doing a, that it's an interesting thing that not a lot of um of college groups think of, think about but then, um, at the same time, they idolize these these large groups that the reason for their success is their attention to detail and their attention to um, the brand. And um, I think it's it's things like that that sort of get glossed over. Um, yeah, in in the in the collegiate world, like groups like Gestalt and Nor'easters um, are just like they have in one voice. I mean, they have these giant. Mm-hmm giant names in the acapella world and they're fantastic singers with fantastic arrangements but a huge part of it is you listen to something and the first thing you hear at the very very start of the mix you know it's nor'easters are you listening you listen you're like that's one voice a hundred percent that's one voice you can watch a video and one voice is a exceptional example of this because they film all their videos with the same camera crew. All their audio is mixed by the same people, mastered by Dio. Like they have like this like mm. set block of production. This is us, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and that's something that this is sort of uh, tangenting off of that. But that we, as from the roots, are trying to figure out right now is um, what a lot of groups don't think about is what is my 
what is my like production sound um and we sort of take that for granted where a group will just say sure we're gonna produce an album or whatever um but regular artists like in the pop music scene or even in the indie scene especially um since they rely a little less on on the things that uh pop music um focus on you have a sound that you like i think a really good example of this i don't know if you guys know james blake um he is an indie artist he's an indie artist and his mixes are really interesting like you listen to them and you're like is this bad (laughs) like is this is this not good (laughs) um but then you listen to his whole album and there's a there's a sense of like of symmetry where or a sense of um synergy is that the word i'm looking for that like a yeah like across every song homogeneity like, the same vibe of like oh i'm in the same like sonic world um yeah. and i think that's something yeah and that's something that is yeah that, the soundscape that from the roots is is sort of still figuring out because we had our original songs that we like arranged and wrote um this last summer that are still in the process of being produced um and over this past year like we have sort of shifted as a group um to do you know something else um and so we've sort of grown and 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 gone from there and so the production that is happening you know for stuff that's forever ago and like now doesn't match what like where where we're going which is fine and it's it's all a process but like that is something that a lot of groups like don't pay attention to um and yeah yeah, and I think that's part of, you know, that journey of a musician. It's that realization, like how you guys are going through it. I don't think, like you said, most college groups don't go through, hey, we're going to record 12 tracks or whatever, and, you know, good, bad, or ugly, we're going to put all of those, you know, as long as the mix, you know, works at the end of the day, whereas you guys being, you know, at a different level, in my opinion, is just like, hey, you know, we recorded something, but it's not it's not um, portraying, you know, the feel, the vibe, the consistency that we're wanting. So, hey, you know what? We're going to hold on to it. And, you know, if we divert along the way into something new, you know, that's part of the process. That's exactly what regular musicians do. So that that's super important. And I think this just speaks to how meticulous you all are about developing your identity and being conscious about like yes we have like evolved since that point and this is one point like we might not be this group that recorded anymore but it was a stepping stone to where we are right now and to me that sounds like honestly like great Mm -hmm. patron content like it's just like oh i see it's kind of like uh almost like the deleted scenes in a movie um and just understanding the process of how you evolve to that point and i think the fact that you're not certain about what you're going to do with these tracks or if you're like yeah well they don't really match who we are right now that speaks to the awareness and um and consciousness you have about your group identity and through this whole episode like that's kind of been the thesis of this episode is developing your identity makes everything easier and just makes everything more satisfying and i think it's really cool that it's really easy like oh if we have a decent recording maybe we don't sound like that anymore but we're just going to put it out there of course but the fact that you are considering holding it back or holding it back right now shows how much you value not just your sound but your whole brand in your aesthetic and i think i think that's pretty freaking awesome to be honest (laughs) i yeah i mean i mean thank you it it means a lot i mean we put a lot of effort into it and um yeah it's it's really it's really important to me so thank you 
we got time for like probably one more okay, question. I didn't for know how much time we're where we just hit twenty. So yeah, well, we had twenty like twenty two players. Yeah, we can actually okay. go for like, then, cool. I'll, like three I'll or four, three or four more thing. minutes, and then we'll wrap it up. So just kind of culminating yeah. everything we've yeah. been discussing. If, if I could ask you about uh, one aspect of from the roots, you know, I guess my bigger question would be: so what's the what's the end game for you guys? Where is where are you guys headed at this point? And I, I know I just made an Avengers reference and, you know, another <laughs> pop culture reference out here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say any spoilers, but it's, it's been three weeks. But so if you I'm don't just, know, just, like, it's, I, it's your I fault. I feel like I know from the roots now. <laughs> I feel like I have a look into what you guys are about. And yeah. I feel more connected to you guys than I've ever felt than about a bunch of other music acts that I've listened to. And I'm just curious, you know, for you all personally as a band, you know, where do you all want to see this head? Uh, so this is actually a really interesting question that we just had a conversation about. Um, and really, truly, the end goal is to not be an acapella group. Um, I think that limiting ourselves to only using voices or only doing X or only doing Y just because we sort of are in this community right now and this is where we're getting our start um, can be hindering to like any future art that we want to make that does include instruments. Um, and we have had a lot of, lot of conversations about, about that, um, about just that. Um, and so really end goal is to enter the, indie music scene um sort of as an independent group of artists um that just make music um rather than we are an acapella group um and that's why we were very specific about being like a vocal band um and that term is now being like incredibly overused um <laughs> for groups that for groups that really are, are not vocal bands they are acapella groups um, and they have no no future want to not be an acapella group or to incorporate anything but the human voice. Um, I don't think that makes you a vocal band. I think I think there are, there are things that like you have to be open to. Um, and maybe they are, and that's just you know something that's happening on the back end, like it is for from the roots right now. Um, but I just think that that is something that is really important to us um, right now. Is sort of shifting away from from what the acapella scene um is and sort of what it entails that a group can and can't do um and then sort of venturing into the indie music world where we can just make music we can just do whatever we like and yeah just do it (laughs) I don't know about you, Brian, but this is giving me uh, deja vu of our yes. episode we had last week with Christopher Harrison, where He's he talked about this like kind of same us. thing about breaking boundaries, <laughs> and that's uh, he's that's honestly oh. that was one of the funnest episodes chris if you're listening to this that was so <laughs> much fun i should also email you back but um th- this is this is reminding me a lot of that in this sense of breaking boundaries for the sake of music, for just being true to who you are, as as lame as that can kind of sound or as cheesy as that can sound. And I think that's great. And I think more groups should uh, definitely listen to our episode with Chris. I think that kind of basically takes what 
Tomas is talking about here and expands on it in a really interesting way. Um, and it's just really satisfying and important that you follow your group's identity, regardless of genre barriers, essentially. And uh, just be, <laughs> as lame as it sounds, oh, like be true to yourself. Like it's a, this isn't a Disney movie, but it's feeling a little like one. And it's and I think it'll work out if you if you do uh, if you pursue art honestly and relentlessly and yeah, as and meticulously as from the roots is doing. The, the way my mind kind of sums us all up at the end of the day artists want to create art and you know they don't want to feel limited they they want to do more stuff and everything that you're saying that from the roots is planning to possibly take on makes sense it's it's just crazy that i, I haven't really heard it you know outside of you know mm-hmm. our conversation with chris and maybe one or two other people i haven't really heard artists really wanting to be in our space be passionate about that so i'm i'm really excited to possibly see what's to come And if you are passionate about that, like hit us up, let us know. We'd love to talk to you on this show about it because it's just been a fun topic that we've been diving into lately. Uh, Tomas, thanks so much for coming on today. We're going to take one more quick break and then we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. Dope. Bring us back in and then we'll wrap it up. And welcome back to Tacapella. Man, this has been a fun episode. Just inspiring and just really deep and just learning a lot. I'm going to listen back to this when I'm (laughs) teaching choirs and just learning about how to build a brand and just being... I mean, it's also just like... I I think that maybe the title of this episode should be Honest Music Making because that's what I feel like this whole thing is in pursuit of honesty. Um, And it's it's been really satisfying to talk about this today. So, Tomas... Uh, on that, how we end each episode is we ask our guests to give one piece of advice to the acapella community. Okay. It could be to the whole community. It could be just to directors. It could be to just people starting their own post-collegiate group, whatever you're feeling. So we pose you the question, biggest piece of advice um, you could give to the community. I would say if I had one thing that I sort of drive into everything that I do um, is the concept <laughs> of innovate, don't imitate. Um, and so I think that's something that sort of gets sort of lost yeah. in the art form is we see these wonderful groups and we see these people we idolize um, and then we copy what they're doing. Um, and that's like 90% of acapella is like a very transcriptive sort of um, sort of way of, of singing. And I and realize that acapella is its own art form. Um, and I think we lose sight of that, that we think it's, you know, just a cover sort of thing, but it's not. It's an interesting opportunity to sort of make music that is completely like from the soul. Like there's no, there's nothing in between, nothing else that needs to translate through. It's just like person to person singing. Um, and so take that opportunity and like do something with it. Um, don't take it for granted and uh, just sort of, just do what you can, but but do everything that's possible with the human voice. You'd be surprised with like what hasn't been done yet and like where we still have to go. Um, and things that are happening outside of the acapella world that are that are like so influencing everything that the human voice can do. I think a good example of this, not to ramble, but is uh, the group Roomful of Teeth. Um, they are they are an incredible. Uh, a mm-hmm. very, very, very innovative um, vocal group uh, with uh, the amazing composer Caroline Shaw. Um, and if you ever want to hear some of the weirdest stuff you've ever heard with just the human voice, 
Roomful of Teeth is the place to go. Um, but it'll just show you, it'll show you like how far we have to go as a community um, and the opportunity that we still have, um, you know, to create and to innovate and to do something that's completely unique um, as this community continues to grow. Yeah. Well said. I could write a book on this whole episode, you know, just from all the advice you just gave. <laughs> nah. This episode could be a book. There's so, I mean, seriously, there's, we touched, we've touched on a lot of important yeah. topics, I think. And I, and I hope our listeners appreciate it and, and let us know your thoughts on everything we've touched on today. We're, we're talking about some heavy topics. We're also talking about some fun topics and these are topics that are, pretty much applicable to anyone who is in a group or has a desire to start a group. So hit us up, let us know. We're going to tell you where you can find us. And we're just so interested in taking all these ideas that we've talked about today in this episode and all our episodes and just hearing what our listeners uh, have to think about it. Cause that's, that's kind of the fun of this community that we can have these discussions and uh, kind of pursue honest music making as a community. So Tomas, if people want to find you online or see what from the roots is all about or see what license to trail is all about, how could they do that? All right, so my personal Instagram is tomas.padrone. Hit me up. I do arranging. Pay me to arrange something. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, From the Roots is uh, on Instagram as From the Roots Band. Um, our website is fromtherootsband.com, uh, facebook.com slash From the Roots, Twitter, FTR Vocal Band. Yeah, and then, oh, License to Trill. Yeah, TCU underscore L2T on Instagram. That's pretty much where most of our stuff happens. Um, or Facebook, License to Trill. Yeah, that's me. And uh, what about your Patreon for FTR? Oh, that's right. Ooh, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of movie com. podcasts, and they always plug their Patreon. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Patreon.com slash From the Roots. It is, we are here. We are ready. We have a lot of stuff coming. Ready for your um, money. <laughs> we are. We are ready for your money, but ready to, ready to return your money with with beautiful art so <laughs> brian what about you man where can where can people find well, you well if you want to fo- find me on twitter uh let me first make the announcement that uh i have been posting <laughs> you post game of thrones spoilers I, he posts game of thrones spoilers I post game of thrones spoilers i'm sorry i gotta get those uh likes and retweets but didn't you, your last one got a lot you got you didn't you have like a hundred or something i saw that and i was like what? It was, what is this? Use your newfound amount. celebrity. I know. I'm trying. But uh, I promise to <laughs> die down, dial back the, the CW stuff. I've been tweeting about Arrow and the Flash. So uh, go follow me. Oh. You can follow me at the Brian Alex Brian with an I on Twitter. And as always, please go follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, College Acapella. And then everyone, you can find me. I, you know, I really shouldn't be complaining about Brian posting Game <laughs> exactly. of Thrones spoilers because I post a lot of stuff about like pop culture but it's way less interesting i'm just like well what if they cast this person to be like the principal photography of this movie like nothing nearly as interesting as what brian tweets but you can find me on twitter and instagram at john lampus j-o-h-n-l-a-m-p-u-s be sure to follow uh Acaville radio at Acaville radio on instagram twitter facebook all that stuff check out our website oh a first off and be sure to check out Tacapella on Twitter at Tacapella T-A-L-K-A-P-P Stoopies E-L-L-A find us on our website at Tacapella.org where we have all our episodes up we're also on iTunes and working on getting on Spotify and uh, let us know what you thought of today's episode give us your thoughts tweet us email us whatever you want to do oh and also you can find us on email at Tacapella at Acaville.org let us know your thoughts Uh, tweet us email us whatever you want we just want to hear what you guys think of these episodes and the stuff we talked about be sure to check out from the roots and all the fun stuff we've talked about today 
That's going to do it for this week's episode. And for everything acapella, please stay tuned.